bad news first. All right, all right, all right. Here's the bad news. I did exactly what you wanted me to do. I got rid of all your iceberg stocks. That's great. That's the bad news. <laughs> you ready for the good news? Yeah. Okay, here it comes. I took Eugene's advice, all right? Admittedly, without you knowing, I use the corporate name. I hope you don't mind. No. I made no. a couple investments for okay. you. That's, and that's okay. What did I buy? I bought a commodity thing. I bought uh, an oil well thing. He just got... made you $10 million. $10 million! $10 Hello and welcome to a new episode of Fast Day with Films. Bitches? Just the idea that you got to take care of them uh, every day. I deal with two cats. I can imagine what farm animals are like. I Anyways, went, I went out. I went out. <laughs> just, just a quick note. Two nights ago, I set my alarm to go out and get one of my cats that wouldn't come in. Oh, twelve thirty. 12.30 p.m. That's yeah. the late. That's I'm going to give you twelve thirty a.m. Oh, a.m. Okay. No, well, he has till five. Yeah. And then he hides. He'll see you coming to get him, and he'll run under the house, mm-hmm. and he'll stay under there until you go in, and mm-hmm. then he's out. And what happened? Well, so it's an overnight job, too. Mm-hmm. We were talking about farm stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that was the story? That was the story. Oh, okay. I thought they were going to say Well, you say elaborate. take care, care of animals all day, and I was like, it's all night, too. It's yeah, like I yeah. go out of the house twice. Kill possums. I've beaten a possum to death with a shovel what? in my boxers the in the rain. If you had a camera there, that would have been the greatest movie scene ever. Why were you beating him to death but, in the rain? But because he had just killed one of the chickens. Oh, he's killing the animals. And yeah. uh, he was trying to drag it, his body away, and I needed to, him not to come back because they're they'll just keep coming back uh, until all the chickens. Are. I want that footage. Yeah, I would. I would so insert that, was that into my a movie. Cinematic moment. It was a few months ago, but nice. So yeah, we've been gone for a little bit. We've been it, it, it's hopefully we're going to be starting on a semi regular where we can bust one out every uh 2 weeks and everything, but everyone's busy as shit now. It's one of our kind of busy stages in life, but we still like getting together and talking about shit. And I've been uh watching stuff, but not as much as I've been uh I've been catching up on a couple friggin um uh, uh shows on HBO and Hulu and we went through a couple shows that we hadn't seen or that are playing now and I want to talk about them but uh have you talked to have you seen anything new recently that you're not, not going to talk to about today um I did watch uh I watched a few episodes of uh that Dead Zone series oh the With, Anthony Michael Hall yeah, one yeah yeah it was it was it was okay it lasted for like 4 seasons yeah. or so but I know it was like it was like a CBS I've been trying to f- Find Kingdom Hospital. Oh, Kingdom Hospital is great. I, I don't know if it holds up as much as it. Uh, I think it will. Does. The the effects definitely don't. I can get over that. Yeah, yeah. I totally. The story was I, good. If the story's good, I understand effects at the level. You have we're at. Uh, ability to to play DVDs or no? In the truck. In the in the truck. Yeah. You can watch DVDs in the truck. My truck has a DVD player. <laughs> but your house doesn't. <laughs> your priorities are all screwed up. <laughs> Because I was going to say, Kingdom Hospital, I think, is like a $3 for the entire set on eBay all day long because they made so many of them for some reason. But They stopped putting CD drives in computers, which was kind of silly. Yeah. I mean... CBS, that's a, that's a specific CBS show, too, I think, so it's probably that's probably why you can't find it. It's probably on CBS.com. But I'll tell you, the show, uh, one of the shows that we're watching right now that I really love and... Uh, 
it's the new season of True Detective. Oh, have you I've, heard anything about, about it? it? Yeah, uh, with Saw the with Jodie Foster, yeah. and I love Jodie Foster, man. I I could take her or leave her when she was young, but the older she gets, I like her even. I like her I like even. her more. I and like more. her now. Yeah, like I didn't like her at all. Even during, I could take her or leave her. Like an EQ. She didn't ruin or, Sam, uh, She didn't ruin Silence of the Lambs. No, for me. Taxi Driver. She was young and she was fine and everything. But I never really. She wasn't never really a standout to me until she got older. Like with Hotel Artemis when she played the yeah. fucking nurse, and that's when she kind of started doing all this different shit. <laughs> I needed her to and, have more character in her bird face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I also love that Sorry, she has had Jody. no work done whatsoever. She aged just how she would age, and I love it. Don't have work done. No, don't have fucking work done, man. And that's why I love her. She looks don't like this, smoke. She looks like a cute little old lady now, and I love it. Yeah. And this new series is basically it. They could have, if they had the rights and didn't want to connect it with the True Detective world, they, it could have been Silence of the Lambs later on, like what she went on to do, like if she went off to because it's in Alaska, but it's actually filmed in Iceland. So that's one reason we love watching it too, because we know that it's Iceland, doubling as the other place we went to, Alaska, and. Uh, it, there's elements of it that remind you of the thing. Like, there's only been three episodes, and I'll tell you just the the quick premise for it. You do uh, you watch those shows? As have they all come out? Do they release what's every this? episode of that of True Detective? Yeah, I've watched the first three. No, seasons. I know, but the the new season when they drop a season, you can just watch, binge watch it, right? Uh no, you can do that with Netflix, not with HBO. HBO, HBO do a do a weekly. Thing. Oh, that would yeah. drive me nuts. Well, you just wait I just till, wait till they all. Yeah, come you out. just wait until it's done. I couldn't. I like, can't watch. Most of the shows we watch, we do that way. We wait until they're all done. We're watching yeah. Fargo right now on our DVR. We have them all uh, saved up, and we're like three episodes in it. But that's ended like six months ago or something. You know what? Uh, but, the show that um, the Ted Danson one. Where uh, he's he had was so the, many where shows. He was the devil. Yeah, and yeah. Kristen. Kristen uh, Bell. Bell would would come. I would, never saw it, but I knew of it, and it got it got nominated for some the stuff. The first, the first season, you love it. It's great. Well, let me tell you about the... I loved all the, the seasons of True Detective. The first one, uh, we're going to get back to film, film stuff, but this is pretty high-level uh, TV shows where it's almost film quality and uh, film, especially being on HBO. But the first three seasons of True Detective were awesome. The first one was the one with Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, it was great. Uh, fantastic, dealing with cults and stuff like that. The third one was, uh, or the second one, sorry, was dealing with Vince Vaughn and all the, the mobster stuff. That was the weakest one of the seasons because the third one was the one with uh, Herschela Ali and Stephen uh, Dorff. Very the slow, one but very um, methodical. Um, Everybody Loves Raymond, dude. He was on the second one, I think. I really like that series. Yeah. Are you are you talking Fargo? Oh, am I talking Fargo? I think you might be thinking Fargo. Okay, uh, because I think he was on a season of that too. But he might have been on True Detective. Now I can't remember. I'm thinking Fargo. Uh, I love Fargo the season, the series. They're weird. They're wild. I watched the second. season. I don't season. think I saw the second. I have fond memories of, of, of watched, True Detective. Then uh, it wasn't the best one. Third one was good. The first was great. The third was really really good and the uh, second one was kind of forgettable but the third uh, the fourth one here so in the first episodes and there's very strong elements of the thing in in it and I, I think they went a little bit more supernatural than they did we don't know yet we don't know what's going on but it's definitely more supernatural than the other ones which I'm completely all for so it's called true detective colon night country and it's all uh, I think most of the day is night but they do have spots where it's daylight but not much it's like uh, 20 hours a night and four hours of daylight or something like that, wherever they are. Uh, 
and there's a research center out there and it has I think eight people work scientists working there and all of a sudden in the first episode they all disappear we don't know where the fuck they went and the police are calling there's no in. sign of them no, no sign met. of them anywhere coffee pots are still on like Langoliers no, bl- no bloody scene nothing no it's like Langolier style, okay. you know, where maybe it, they were at Rapture. Uh, only. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like Rapture style, basically. So everyone's showing up, and she's the chief of police in the Alaskan town, and she wants to take care of it herself. John Hawks, you know, John Hawks. Oh yeah, uh, he is the deputy, awesome. and his son is in the in part of this, and it's basically them trying to figure out. And there's this cool black girl that has those dermal piercings in her cheeks, and she's uh, she's really good in it too. Not a big fan of those. Uh, no, but some some girls it looks good on, uh, and, she, and it looks good on her. It's not a deal breaker. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird it's just weird uh but what's great about it is after a couple episodes there's something discovered in the ice and they bring it out and it's all the scientists but they're in like this rictus grin uh with like their mouths are open and they look like they've been frozen in mid screams and one of them looks like he might have clawed his own eyes out and something like almost event horizon something if the if during that event horizon event if they froze or something that's kind of what it looked like and then all of a sudden this is the image you keep seeing online and i i see the one clip i see of is uh they're sitting there talking about it on the first night and one of them starts moving and they freak out and they they jump back and like what the fuck and that's how the episode ends with one of them screaming so they put him in like uh a, he's in a coma now in the hospital yeah. and so eventually in the season I'm sure he's going to wake up and he's going to tell some shit but the other ones are just uh frozen they got no place to put him so they bring him to the ice rink at uh-huh. the high school and, and it's in the center of the ice rink and they have a cops that just sit by and watch and make sure nothing happens and uh one of one of the bodies disappeared. They're, they were there watching it, and they were, they were like, why is there not, uh, because there should be seven there, because one's in the hospital, and another one disappeared, and they're like, why is there six here? Who's fucking missing? What the hell is going on? So there's a whole bunch of shit going on in this series, which is very engaging and fun to watch. I'm okay to go supernatural. Yeah, I, I love it. So far, I'm all on board. It's like every Sunday night, shit, my girl's out of town now, and a new episode drops I should have been a detective. I have the night off tonight, too, and a new episode comes out, but I have to wait for my girl. Not many shows I have to no, wait for. No, you don't. For. You don't have to wait. Did, yeah, she won't hear about this either, too, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to wait for it every day. Have you ever watched something and then tried to convince somebody you haven't and watched it again? Uh, not with Christina. No, not with her, but ever. May, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I have done that in the past. Uh, certainly with mom or dad. I think I did. Were, yeah. There were stuff we weren't supposed to watch, and then they were like, hey, you know, we'll let you watch this. Oh, really? Okay. Wow. What <laughs> no. Wow. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did it with Andrea a lot. Uh, yeah, I didn't have to. Christina doesn't want to watch most things, but so when, when I can does, get her in, when I can get yeah. her into a TV show, um, she loves Fargo, and she likes, uh, well, loves is kind of a strong word. I love Fargo. She likes Fargo. Uh, but she is into the True Detective, which I'm surprised because I got her to watch the last season. The last season you would love because it was a it was a snore fest, but it was fucking great. And that's where I'm all up for. One of my movies today. See, this is a good transition. Is a, a, a bit of a, a bit of a snore fest. Is a snore fest. Uh, I I hate saying snore fest because it sounds Pick like a it, it's a bad uh, connotation to it, but. I don't mind a good snorefest. I like it. <laughs> so let's go through. We got. We're gonna do some wild cards this week. I have somewhat of a theme to a couple of my movies, but uh, I think it's just kind of wide open there. So let's start with your first wild card and see what you got for us. I'm gonna go with um, us away. This movie, Emperor. Emperor. See, I've heard of it, and it stars Timely Jones. I got in a binge about a month ago. Where I wanted to see everything he had done for some, I had this compulsion, so I watched The Fugitive. Yeah, 
and U.S. Marshals back to back. They're both great. Yep. Well, then, yeah, it's a good transition. Then. Watched Old Country for No Men. No no Country for Old Men? Yeah, No Old, co- old Country for <laughs> No Men? <laughs> that would be the sequel. That's totally the sequel, man. Patent old pending. Country for No Men. Someone, or someone should be doing that to the Saturday Night Live sketch right there. <laughs> and everybody just on walkers. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> like, it could be MAGA-related and shit. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be great. <laughs> so... So Emperor, all I know about it is he plays MacArthur, right? He plays MacArthur. So if you if you understand what happened in, I do not. So you can tell the me. end of. So we won in in Germany. Yep. The war in Germany ended, and the Japanese knew that now we, all the troops in in uh, Europe were like, okay, you guys are all going to the Pacific now. Yeah. So they it's knew. Like, God the damn Japanese it. we're not knew, going home. Japanese knew that a whole. Another yeah, army yeah. was going to show up. So things started to fall quickly. Uh, island by island kept falling. Iwo Jima was like the yeah. crowning moment. Because what we had to do is they had to get the bombers close enough. And they were going to drop the atomic bomb. Nope, Oppenheimer. Sorry, I already talked nice. about it on this pod. I'm excited to hear that almost more than I am to talk about this. But Well, you got to listen to the pod. I, was, <laughs> ah, I, did, I, it. I did it last week on our uh, year. Or I can week. wait 10 okay, minutes. You can wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not doing it today. I'm not doing oh, you're not doing it today? No, no, no. Oh. I, I sent you my list. That wasn't on the list. I thought you were doing it today. I no, was no, excited. No. Uh, that we might talk, even be we, why I picked this one. We, we, we can talk about it after the bottom. Well, I have a war movie that I could work into after this. So go ahead. Continue. Okay. Where was I? So MacArthur. Okay. Um, He's king shit general. They finally get close enough to the mainland where, so Operation, oh, little fat man, uh, little, little man. boy. See, see, you're making sequels again. <laughs> <laughs> fat man and little boy. Um, <laughs> they pick two targets. Um Hiroshima and yeah. Nagasaki. Mm-hmm. Side note: There's a dude that survived the Hiroshima blast and went to recover in Nagasaki wow. and survived that blast. Oh Jesus! Come on, <laughs> you should live forever after that. <laughs> <laughs> so they needed a plan. They didn't want to bomb Tokyo. They knew that we could never be friends if they killed the emperor. That war would just mm-hmm. go on as a war. So. They wanted to get them to surrender. So the emperor surrenders in the, uh, probably the very beginning of this movie. So we're picking up right as MacArthur has mm-hmm. been put in charge of rebuilding Japan. So our MO is we blow the shit out of you, and then if, if we can get you on our side, we'll come and help rebuild mm-hmm. So Matthew Fox is the other star of this. He, oh boy. <laughs> he, under, he had lived in Japan for a while. As a soldier until the war, like he finally got out because it was getting hot mm-hmm. between Japan and the U.S., you know, Axis powers in the late 1930s, probably mm-hmm. early, because um, 41 was Pearl Harbor. So that was the beginning of the of era. Uh, yeah. So th- fast forward, this is 1945. Okay. So we're deep in. But well, it's also the end. towards the no, end. No, this yeah, is yeah. the end. So the, the bombing in, of mm-hmm. Hiroshima and Nagasaki. The emperor said, we surrender. Yeah. So our, our team went in. Matthew Fox was one of those teams mm-hmm. under MacArthur. They wanted to get all the people that were traitors, people that had done horrific things. So that's the cleanup, basically. They, they've been well, the, and the cleanup. rebuild the city. And like, rebuild Get the city. food to these people, get water to these yeah, people, yeah. set them, set a government up so they can yeah. g- govern themselves. We're, we're sorry we bombed you, but here, we're here to but help. But <laughs> the question was, what involvement did the... Cause Japan did horrible, horrible shit. To yeah. Oh, yeah. POWs. 
Oh yeah, I've to heard the about Chinese. They did ridiculously horrible yeah. shit. I've heard about the POW, like Japanese, horrible, things. horrible stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, war crimes. If there ever were a war crime, yeah, I've heard stories. Like yeah, that was... and so, the U.S. wanted to hold people accountable. The question came up: How accountable is the emperor? Yeah. Now the emperor to the Japanese people is like a god. Mm-hmm. It's not a real person. Like it's a a deity. And. And Matthew Fox is like... Somebody famous played the emperor? Uh, I don't know him. Yeah, I'll look him but up. But you might know him. Okay. But uh, they, uh, Matthew Fox is in charge of finding out how much he knew. So there's like shady meetings, underground meetings, like flashbacks of him when he lived in Tokyo. He had a girl that he loved. So it, 2012 too. This is probably the last Matthew Fox movie we'll see him in. I don't know. He keeps squeaking by. Apparently he's, he's a he's a royal asshole and he likes to hit people and shit. So yeah. Well, Sean Connery does all that. That's true. But that <laughs> that he, was a different. That era. was allowed. They don't even have the picture of the emperor here. They have his name, Tashugi Nashiga. Yeah. He didn't yeah. have many lines. Maybe one or two lines. But Matthew Fox was in charge. His character was in charge of making sure the emperor. Can they give the emperor a pass? Because they knew that rebuilding the country would be easier if the emperor was on board. Yeah. He could get all the people together. And so Matthew Fox is like, because Rose or Truman was like, they don't care. He didn't care if they spared his life. So um, the emperor, what's his name? Yeah. Tommy Lee had to convince the president. Yeah. So they had to have a report. So at the end of the thing, like Matthew Fox is like, I can't tell you one way or another, but don't kill him. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't because they were gonna hang him. Yeah, and that wouldn't go well with the people. No. I would. So think. he recommend, he, and so Tommy Lee's like, I gotta meet him first. So the greatest part of this whole movie was like, they went to to they went to the general and they're like, listen, you can't look him in the eye. Yeah, you can't shake his hand. You can only refer to him as this. You can't be in the same room when he eats, or like it. It, it was like this whole ridiculous list, and yeah. they said we're going to bring all of our people there. So as soon as he shows up, he does the exact he runs opposite. right up yeah, to yeah, him yeah. and he shakes his hand, and then he orders everybody out. Yeah, and the emperor turns around and like, and they were <laughs> they were pissed. Yeah, but he sat there and just talked, talked, and they had lunch together. And I mean, this is an entire real story that yeah, people should story. understand because. He went back to the president. He said, this is an honorable man. His people will follow him. Yeah. I believe that he was compartmentalized. He didn't have much to do with the war at all. Yeah. Like, It's crazy. You know, it, it, it's weird that we, a lot of people forget the Jap- the Japanese side of the war. You know, I think uh, people it was always twice think of Nazis. or three times as long as yeah. is, uh, is the Western Front. Yep. The Nazi occupation and the prison camps are always the main story. But what happened with the Japanese, what, like you said, the, the war crimes they were doing were like intense, yeah. disgusting. And, and here's the thing. The Japanese and the Germans today are one of our biggest outs. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's weird what how that kind of weird shit because can work. We help them recover. Mm-hmm. Every country has a faction of bad people in it. It's weird because I don't think if it was the others, the other way around, Americans would be as forgiving as uh, no. Fuck those no, people. We'd hate I, them th- to death. We, I think we Americans would hate them to are, their death. We're crazy people. Yeah, we're crazy. I don't think it. It's crazy. Uh, uh, it sounds like a long movie. How long was it? Was it like two hours, three hours? It was more than two, less than three. Okay, but yeah. it definitely. I'll definitely check it out. I, it sounds interesting as hell. I feel a burden, and I know this is like, 
I don't want to sound elitist or, yeah. or if there's a good history movie that comes out, yeah. I feel obligated to see it. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I may know about it. Yeah. I know. That'll get me to watch it immediately when I know it's a true story like, about oh, history. I'm to do a documentary about that dude. Yeah. It's like, I need to, I want to know more about that dude. Yeah, for sure. I'll definitely check out The Emperor. That's for sure. My, so my first one is also, uh, well, before that, you know what you would really like? And I got Apple TV Plus just to watch the Godzilla movie and another movie that I'm going to be talking about later on. But there is a series on there now uh, produced by the Pacific and the Band of Brothers guys. I think I heard it, about it. It's the one with their their pilots, I guess. It's kind of like the Red Tails type of thing. Is it uh, British or American? I think it's British. The it's guy who British plays scene. Elvis. The guy who plays Elvis is in it. And okay. uh, he's really good. He was great in that Elvis movie. Uh, and he's like the, the captain of the team. But I think it's dealing with... Uh, because the British air story is a thousand times better than... Because think of this. The he's British, British in real life. The British so. were fighting. We didn't get into World War II in Germany mm-hmm. until 44. Yeah. The war started in 39. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we sat out we, for, we a, for came, a while. We were in... Well, 41, we were all in Japan. Yeah, well, that's how they look at it. They were like, ah, it's the Eastern Hemisphere. What are we dealing with that? Fight two wars on two fronts. (laughs) Well, anyways, uh, that Godzilla series was awesome. I'll I'll say that. That's the one that they did the most ingenious idea stuff of that. But well, every once in a while, it's very little monsters. It's all it's all the investigative and the stuff. But you heard about how they did it, right? Where uh, it's told in the past in the fifties, and it's told in the present in twenty thirteen. And in the past, well, in the present, it's Kurt Russell. And in the past, it's his son in real life okay. playing him. And he does like the best Kurt Russell. It's weird. He'll say certain lines and everything and in the way he laughs. And you're like, holy shit. Christina doesn't appreciate it as me because I've seen every Kurt Russell movie. And every time his son says something like in the way his dad does, it just makes me smile. And they seem like they're the uh, the best kind of uh, pair to be able to do that type of thing. And I loved that. That was great. I'm totally in on uh, season two. But... To go Jake back to Busey the, and his son probably can do it. Who's this? Busey's. Oh, yeah, yeah, but Busey's crazy. I mean, if Busey wants to play a, someone that doesn't talk in a hospital and you can have Jake play him like when he was alive and active, maybe, but <laughs> no one's going to pay uh, Busey to be on set anymore, I don't think. You should. Uh, I, I don't think Gary's going to be doing dead, much. Right? Uh, the Buseys? No, they're both alive. They're both alive. Yeah, they're both alive. Uh so to stay on the war theme a little bit and to also honor, I've got two movies on the list here that honor the great Carl Weathers who uh, left us too soon this weekend. Love Carl Weathers, grew up watching Carl Weathers and a lot of stuff, obviously the Rocky films, but uh, a lot of his more obscure ones and one of his greatest obscure ones that I always loved was Force 10 from Navarone. And I don't think a lot of people know this movie. It's it's such an obscure. It came out in '78, and it starred uh, Harrison Ford, Edward Fox, Robert Shaw, Carl Weathers. Those are some. Those are basically the four main guys in it and everything. And what's crazy about it is like '78, which is a year after Star Wars. So you're watching basically what Han Solo looked like uh, in this movie. So do you remember Guns of the Navarone, um, the war movie? I've seen it with. It, Give me the. It's Gregory Peck and is David Niven, and apparently they didn't come back for this one. They were probably way too old because this was like '78 when they made uh, Guns uh, Force Ten from Navarone. So it's basically the sequel to Guns of Navarone, and the Gregory Peck character is now played by Robert Shaw, who people know as Quint 
from Jaws. And the David Niven character is played by Edward Fox, who has been in a whole bunch of stuff. He was in Gandhi. He always plays this kind of stiff type uh, British dude. And so in the Guns of Navarone, they were a part of a secret mission that was going to go overseas and take out these two huge guns that were built on the side of like this rock mountain that anytime ships came uh, towards them, it was just knocking them out. And it was just destroying the British fleet every time. So they had this great idea that let's put this commando team in order. They'll go there. They'll destroy the guns. And then we can uh, uh, Party time. we can win the war and it'll be great. So, <laughs> and they do it. They destroy the guns, but there was a lot of shit that happened during it. And there were like double agents and everything. And so in Force 10 from Navarone, they bring the two uh, characters back, like I said, Shaw and uh, Edward Fox. And they tell them, hey, this is what we want to do. There's uh, this guy it's here. It's the same time period? Uh, a little it's bit like later. three years later. Three okay. years later. And so they bring them, uh, these two guys in, and they said, we want you part of another mission. He says, this guy here, and they show a picture of the guy from, uh, the guy who played the original Django from Django Unchained. Okay. He was also he was from the Enter bar. the Dragon. Yeah, yeah, he was at the bar, but he was also the Enter the Dragon guy. Remember the mustache oh, and the white suit? Franco Nero. Franco Nero. So they show him a picture of Franco Nero, and they were like, "This is the you know this guy? And they were like, yeah, we know this guy. This is the guy that double-crossed us during the guns at the Navarone and everything. He says, well, he's a German double agent, and he's still uh, working, and we know where he's going to be. And there's also another mission going on that we want to attach you to this mission. He's a mission. double agent for Germany? Yeah. Okay. And uh, he says, there's another mission that's going on currently, and— uh, to go overseas and we're not going to tell you what their mission is and you're not going to tell them what your mission is but we're attaching you to that mission and and basically the other mission is run by Harrison Ford and his men and they're going to steal a uh um they're going to steal a plane and fly over to uh like Chechnya or Yugoslavia mm-hmm. and there is a bridge there that the Germans keep coming over that's unblowable they cannot blow this bridge up they've uh they've lost like eight teams trying to blow it up uh so but harrison ford giant bombs apparently harrison ford thinks he can do it they've had people do it so their mission is to go over there and blow the bridge now shaw and edward fox's mission is to join their mission but their inside mission is to find franco nero and kill him the double agent they think he's going to be there. They think he's going to be there and that they're going to come across him okay. during that mission. Uh, but also during it is where it comes up with Carl Weathers. Super young Carl Weathers. He had just... I didn't know he played football. Yeah, yeah. He was Who'd big. Who did he play for? I don't, that I couldn't tell you. But uh, you know And this know. is young Carl Weathers, but it is Carl Weathers after Rocky because Rocky was 74 or 76. Rocky was 76 and this was 78. So this was two years after he played Apollo Creed. This could have been like the same year as Rocky II, actually. So while Harrison Ford, this is a great scene. There's a couple of really great scenes in, the, uh, in this movie that make it even better than the obvious plot of, hey, let's go assassinate someone and let's go blow up a bridge. So when they're stealing the airplane at the beginning of the movie, Harrison Ford and Robert Shaw and Edward uh, Fox are already there with them. Harrison Ford's not happy about them there. And while they're steering, stealing the plane and they're putting all their stuff in it, a bunch of MPs carrying Carl Weathers in a Jeep pull up. There's like eight of them. I don't know what they thought they needed. Carl Weathers was going to 
to take eight He's guys badass, out. Man. Uh, so they pulled up in a Jeep Rocky, and they watched them <laughs> stealing the plane and they get out with their guns and said, hey, freeze. And uh, Carl Weathers is left in the Jeep with one person and he punches him out and every one of them fights and everything. And Carl Weathers is now free. So he just jumps on the plane with him. So he's kind of like a stowaway with him, but he can't stay back there because apparently they were delivering him to wherever he was going. Not sure we ever found out why he was being arrested, to be honest with you. I think he just kind of getting in fights yeah, or something. Bad a bad attitude, for sure. <laughs> so when he's on the plane, he's like, all right, what's happening now? He says, well, you're part of the team now. They lost a guy uh, in the fight with the MPs. So now they're up. Uh, so they now they're even again. I get part of Weathers. I pull this up. But they were like, can he do this? And we said, we're soon to find out. Have you parachuted before? Because we're parachuting out of this fucking plane any second now. So what they do is they go over, they got all their gear, and they parachute out of the plane. And once they get, uh, they land, they get picked up by German soldiers almost immediately, and they take them into their uh, prison camp. And they were like, uh, "Where that was part of the plan?" He, he well, he, they were like, "Where uh, we've got commandos coming in here to take out the bridge, and we know you're a group of commandos." And that's when Robert Shaw says, "We're not commandos. We've defected from, uh, uh, or we're escaped prisoners from a uh, another." camp were actually traveling with this new thing called penicillin have you heard of penicillin he's like no i haven't heard of penicillin edward fox has this huge uh, suitcase with him and it's filled with explosives but he's saying that it's filled with penicillin uh-huh. and he was like you can't open it because if you open it it's going to destroy the sample whatsoever he says but the sample is worth about like nine hundred thousand dollars and we have that money uh that uh Somebody bought it, and we have it buried. So he's trying to like hose the the general, and the, the he, he's <laughs> not buy, he's not buying hey, any. Clink. <laughs> well, he's not buying any of it, but he doesn't want to like completely dismiss it in case it's true, and he has money and everything. So they have to do this whole ruse to escape from there. And there's another camp. They they have to go through like three little tiny missions before they get to the uh, to the main thing, which is great. And even when they get to the uh, when they get to the bridge. Edward Fox, they don't realize that, that Edward Fox is a the guy that's teaming up with them with Robert Shaw, is an explosive expert. Uh, uh, the other guys knew explosives, but they didn't really bring an explosive expert with them, and Edward Fox is, can blow anything up, and he helps them along character? the way. Uh, he's the character that played David Niven in the okay. original one. And uh, when he gets to the bridge... He's like, uh, I, I, I hate to rain on your parade, but we ain't blowing this bridge. He said, this bridge is, is not. He says, it's built into the fucking mountain there. This uh, thing can withstand this type of explosive and everything. And uh, Harrison Ford is losing his shit. And then Robert Shaw's like, you know, there was a dam close by. He says, what could, like, the force of the water do for the bridge? And they realize, holy shit, we got to blow the fucking dam up to blow the bridge up. And so now their mission has changed. So now they got to go in over to the dam, and they got to break into the dam and set explosives up. And there's a great moment where they, the explosives actually go up, off, and nothing happens. And uh, Harrison Ford and Robert Shaw are pissed. They're, like, screaming at each other. What the fuck? It didn't work. I know it didn't work. That type of shit. <laughs> and Carl Weathers is on the side of the mountain watching from afar. And he's like, it didn't fucking work. And Edward Fox is just sitting up against the tree, smoking his pipe, just completely like, calm. It's he's, on delay. He, he's, <laughs> like, he's like, it takes a while. He says, nature takes a while. He, he realizes that the, the, the dam is already cracking. And yeah. A little bits by bits. And it's not going to be, like, this instant blow up. It's going to be, like, a 20-minute. Uh, thing so by the time they realize what's happening you see the water start pouring in they're like holy shit it didn't work let's get the fuck out of here so it, it was just a fabulous fabulous movie man that I've watched several times but I don't think I really got the the subtleness and the, the subplot 
type elements like the penicillin stuff before i think i only remembered the bridge and the dam stuff at the end so definitely check it out it was directed by guy hamilton who did the most james bond movies uh he did thunderball um goldfinger the spy who loved me some of the the, the old school ones and he also weird enough it's weird. He has this whole track record of all the Bond movies, and then he has Force 10 from Navarone and Remo Williams. And it's so weird that those are the other two movies that he did, but well, he's, fabulous movies. He likes staying in that genre. Yeah, I love it. All right, so what do you got for your second one? I have a comedy, Ooh, <laughs> which is see. pretty rare. But yeah, unless we have a certain 80s. theme or, you have your, an 80s pod? or your name is Justin, we uh, usually don't have a whole lot of comedies on here. Unless you did an 80s pod. Speaking of comedies, before you got that, do you see they dropped the new title for the new Beetlejuice movie? I did not. It's called Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, which can only mean to me it's that gonna there's going to be a third one because yeah. the third one is what brings them out completely. So my yeah, guess is... Plenty of snakes and lizards the, for the kids to yeah. play with. Uh, everyone says it's absolutely phenomenal. He, I mean, he's going to look exactly the same. Eric knows the guy that was working on the he's set. He's going to look exactly the same. It was in New England. They filmed it in New England, and Eric knows a bunch of people that were just like oh, really? grips on the set and nice. stuff. Uh, and they were just talking about who was nice and who was not... All that type of shit. So, everyone says it looks good. So we'll see. It comes like later this year. Something comes out in March that I'm surprised comes out so early. Oh, the the Ghostbusters fucking movie. Have you seen the new trailer? Did I send yeah, you the trailer? I, no, I saw it. Though. Holy crap! The newest, newest one. Uh-huh. The, the two that dropped. This yeah. new one where they actually show Bill Murray being funny. Uh-huh. I I thought it was great. Like they have this great demon with these huge horns walking towards them, and uh, and Bill Murray says something like, uh, "Oh." Large and horny, coming, 12 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks great. And uh, this got us into a whole thing the other day because Paul Rudd says a line in it that made me laugh out loud that I thought was so funny where he's talking to Carrie Coon. He's like, I got a confession to make. Bustin' makes me feel good. And I th- I thought that was hilarious. And she's like, is that that funny? I said, do you not know that song? She had no idea there was a Ray Parker song. She thought that Ghostbusters song was just for the movie. She didn't know it was a video. She didn't know it was played on the radio. Oh, she just thought it was she, a theme song? She just thought it was the theme song and everything. I said, you don't know about Ray Parker's Ghostbusters? So we put the, the music video on. And it only once do they say, does he do that line? Bustin' makes yeah, me feel At the very good. end. But the video, you'll have to pull up the video, dude. Anybody that was famous around that time, they put in like a, with a background behind them. It was like Danny DeVito going, uh, Ghostbusters. It was like uh, Ted Dancing going, Ghostbusters. All these famous people. And I was like, holy shit, this is strange that you they know did who that. Made the, the most end. money off of that song? Michael Jackson, probably. No. Because I think he was. Huey Lewis in the news. Oh, really? Why? They stole that. Connect? He, they sued him. Oh, yeah, I'm thinking of Ray Parker's other song that he did with Michael, I want a new drug. Oh, that's interesting. They sued him. They said, you used our music. You used our back music for the whole song. Because Ray Parker had only been famous for that, and then he was in collaboration with Michael Jackson for that Somebody's Watching Me. Oh, that was him? Watching Me. Yeah, that's the only other Ray Parker Jr. song Oh, that's right, that's right. I like that song. Yeah, I like it. He didn't do another song for the soundtrack? I don't think so. I had the soundtrack for Ghostbusters 2. I think I had it for 1 also, but definitely 2. I played it a lot. Uh, but yeah, that's Ghostbusters. comes out in March. I can't wait. That will be the next movie I see I in the theater. I forgot what I was going to talk about you. That was Comedies. the biggest, biggest tangent. Okay. Well, you were about to start your comedy. I was about to start my comedy. So I wanted to bust in before you, you did. One of my favorite comedies of all time. Oh, 
Bruce just million. Oh, Walter Hill, man. The only Walter Hill comedy. You watch a whole bunch of Walter Hill movies, you're yeah. like, there's no fucking way this guy could do a comedy. Nope. Well, at, Beverly at Hills Cop was... Oh, I guess. No, that wasn't him. That was... Not uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, I'm thinking of... 48 Hours. 48 Hours. Yeah, you're right. That's pretty comedic. 40 Hours was pretty comedic. But you had Eddie Murphy on it, so... But if you had Richard Pryor, there's no way this wasn't going to be a funny movie. Richard Pryor, John Candy. And John Candy. That tandem right there Yeah, we haven't alone. talked about uh, Bruce's Millions in a while. I'm glad. Um... This is one, and of those it's like a fantasy movie, like that. That people that I feel like this is under the radar. I feel like this is this should be as popular as Goonies or Karate Kid or any of, of those course. movies, because this is one of those scenarios that everyone likes to watch and everyone wants to put themselves. But it wasn't in that position. Yeah, it wasn't not. Kid it wasn't, friendly, but it wasn't Goonies. Yeah, Goonies that's true. That's true. That's true. It wasn't, but it was still PG and and very acceptable. Uh, there was nothing bad. It could be a family movie for people, especially with today's what standards. What year did this 84, I want to say. What year was the toy? Uh, ooh, like 81? That's, that's interesting. Let me look that up right now. I don't think tell us, ever Tell us the, the scenario. But what was the uh, the deal behind so, Versus Millions? What I like most about this movie is they told part of it. Versus from Millions the, was 85, and let me check the toy. Go they ahead. told part of it from um, Chuck Fleming, Action News. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> I love Chuck Fleming. And... Uh, so, movie starts. What's his toy name? Toy is eighty two, so that's three years after the toy. Okay. So, um, Richard Pryor character is a pitcher for Hack and Sack Hack Bulls. Hack and Sack Bulls, yeah. But they played the Toledo Mudheads, yeah. and we've seen both of those teams a million times <laughs> playing in Pawtucket. Yeah, they're minor league teams, for but sure. they came to Pawtucket. Yep, they came so to Pawtucket. So he was in that level of yeah. And he was terrible. John Candy was the catcher. Yeah, he's like two hundred pounds overweight for a catcher to yeah. I could see him, and they never showed him bat, you know? Or run or yeah, do yeah. anything. It was only like any He walked and to there the was mound, a decent amount of, said, we got two out. I wouldn't say it was a decent amount of baseball, but we probably got 10 minutes of baseball in the movie, and yet we only saw John Candy behind the plate. <laughs> yeah, so he's playing a game. He strikes out their best batter with a crazy pitch. They mm-hmm. cut to them in the bar. They get in a bar fight because the guy he struck out, Richard Pryor was hitting on his girlfriend mm-hmm. at the bar. Yeah. And so a bar fight breaks out. He goes to jail. He gets bailed out of jail. And he thinks it's, he thinks it's the organization or something. Yeah. Oh, the Yankees. Because remember, he kept pointing to the guy in the stands. He's like, "That guy's pitcher and p- yeah. taking pictures of us, yeah. of me all night, the last three games." He's like, "I think he's from great the Yankees." Char- great character. John actor. Candy's like, "There's a train going through the yeah. outfield. Yeah, there's no Yankee scout here." <laughs> great character actor who who bails him out of jail. Everyone re- mm-hmm. uh, confuses him with Frank Pesh, but it's not him. He's it's another guy. I always remember him as. Uh, well, the photographer, obviously, from Grusers Millions, Millions yeah. but I always remember him also from uh, Presumed Innocent because he's the one that's in the trailer that's that's walking real fast be, uh, uh, next to Harrison Ford says, you're guilty, you're the guy. <laughs> I okay. always think of him saying yeah, those, I don't remember that, that phrase. Yeah. So it wasn't the Yankees. Yes. They bailed him out. No. It was an attorney for a relative yeah. he had no idea yeah. he had. One of them was Commissioner Gordon from 89 Batman. Yeah, he's uh, great. Pat uh, Hingle. And one of them was uh, Larry Tate from uh, from Bewitched. Yeah. And then I don't know who the third guy was. And they Two were, of them were assholes, and one of them was nice, yeah, basically, is what basically. it comes down to. So they say... Yeah, they put him in that room with the video. You're the, you're the sole living heir to the... I forget what he did. His, his great uncle... Played by Hume Cronin, white guy. Yeah. Uh, played by great by Hume Cronin. Hume Cronin was still fairly young at this point. I mean, this was the same age he did Cocoon. I think Cocoon came out in '85. Also, he and was in, great. In Cocoon. He was running and jumping and and doing all sorts of shit. So, so they made him yeah. look old. So as they fun. play a video. 
They're like, yeah. he left you a video. He's yeah. like, if you're watching this, I'm dead. Yeah. It was <laughs> like, like a real to real. Yeah. He's like, I bet you you can't you're confused why I'm white. He's yeah. like, I married Bet my you, first wife, yeah. and then I married. You didn't know your great wife. uncle was a honky, did you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but he kept like having to get like breathing treatments, like in yeah. the middle of his speech. Mm-hmm. He's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was he was on death. So he wanted to. He's this is really twisted. I don't know why you would do this. But yeah, it is twisted. It's like he was worth three hundred and thirty million dollars. Yep, or three hundred. He was worth three hundred million. Three hundred million. Yep. And what he said is by today's standards said, would have probably been three billion. My daddy made me caught me smoking cigars and left me in a closet for three days, and all I did is smoke cigars. He's like, and I hated cigars to this yep. day. He's like, I want you to be feel that way about money. Yeah. So here's my deal: in 30 days, you have to spend 30 million dollars. This is 1985. Yep. And you can you can show no assets at the end of the 30 that's days. That's the hard part. That's yeah. the hard. You part have to right be there. worth nothing, and, and you, you can't, can't just give 30 million dollars away. You couldn't destroy what was inherently valuable. So you yep. couldn't buy the Hope Diamond and smash it into a thousand yep. little. Can't pieces buy the Picasso and burn and it. Burn it. Yeah, yeah. You had to, and he, they put an accountant. Letter. And it was clever. Whoever wrote this script, because when they when they did the when you had to think of what could he do, then I'm yeah. getting ahead of it. Go ahead. But they're like, if you do that, then you'll inherit 300 million dollars. Yeah. But. Wimp clause. There's a wimp clause. <laughs> Love that he calls it the wimp clause, too. He's like, I'll give you a million dollars right now. You can walk away. I'd have taken the million and walked Would you? Oh, yeah. Oh, come on. 30 million? A million dollars in 1985. Do you know yeah. how much money that was worth? It's true. But that the idea that you're going to get 300 million if you can spend 30? Here's the thing. He, Here's he, my thing. I hope I win the lottery someday. Yeah. I want to win $20 million. Yeah. I don't want to win $200 million. Yeah. Well, I don't, and, I don't know about that. I don't know if I'd go along with you on that trip. <laughs> You'd be a different person. I, I would, but I think I would I would be smart with it. I would still live somewhere. I like to think so, too. I, I, the I'm problem not... is, is you're like, oh, man, that place in France we visited that one time, that was great. Well, we should buy a house there. And then you start saying that about 50 different places, and yeah, pretty see, soon you're... I would do it that way, but that would... Uh... I would do real estate probably more than anything like that because I don't give a shit about a lot of stuff. That I already have a plan if I win the lottery. Yeah. I'm going to throw a huge party for myself. Yeah. And I'm going to invite people. Yeah. And I've already tiered you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I would do. If if I was to win like that, I'd I'd be like, here's an envelope for you. I'm sitting at this table. Yeah. Call your name. You come up. Yeah. Sign. I'm I'm going to give you what's in that envelope. (laughs) Don't ask me for anything. Don't ask me for money ever, ever, ever again. Here, if you signed it, I'm going to sue you (laughs) for. That money back. So if you That's ask funny. me, you never ever. If you can't sign this, don't take this envelope. You can't take. This envelope learn learn to make this work for you. Yeah, learn to make sure. it work. And I, if you're mad you didn't get as much as so and so, then you should have been well cooler. L- luckily for the entertainment purposes, Richard Pryor decided to do the th- uh, the thirty million dollar yes. uh, deal, and we so, could have some fun with it. But the other key with it, and this was he the couldn't really, tell anybody. That was the really key thing. He could not tell anybody, anybody even what he was doing. Friend. His best friend or his accountant. And the people that work for him, and it was driving them because everybody thinks nuts. they he's think he's learn, crazy. Well, they were like, he's going to spend this money with nothing to show for it. Yeah, and, and, like, and deep yeah. inside his head, he's like, yeah. hell, I hope so. So he can gamble a certain percentage. He can five percent. He can give five percent away. He can gamble five percent. Um, so w- the best way he realized to do it is he just rents things for that month. Yeah, hires contract workers, yeah. surrounds himself with really with he, security guards. Th- this <laughs> hole's like you wouldn't believe in the movie because there really he could have just hired the taxi driver for a thirty million dollars. Well, they couldn't uh, pay them more than that. Was the, uh, the, the like it had to be reasonable? 
Okay, but he's still a little unreasonable it, because he, he was paying $1,000 a week for the cab driver where he but could rent yeah, a top-level driver might have Yeah, there was ways. I mean, there's little holes in it, but it's not. So he rent a, rents the hotel. He takes the people out to eat. But when he really got clever, and what I loved about oh, it was the stamp and the wine. So And the, he, and he the exhibition game against he, the New York Yankees. True, but the stamp was great because you can't be considered like – it can't be like the Picasso burning it, but when he's a stamp, he cannot be allowed to yeah. use it. For but the what greatest part of the whole purposes. movie was he used a stamp. To, oh yeah, to mail it to the guys that were trying to. There was he was so while he was doing this, we forgot to mention he had a crush on the accountant that they put him with. Yep. So Richard Pryor hired her fiance. With the fiance, he's a scumbag now. And he's a he was a scumbag lawyer. No, I meant in real life. Oh, probably. Oh but no, he, no. He, I don't he even. Did some, he know. did some shit. I'm sure he won't act again. No. I'm sure children. The only were, thing I'm I ever sure know children him from, were involved. The only thing I knew about uh, him uh, that he had done was this: the first Star Trek movie, like uh, the motion picture. Okay. And then he was the dad in Seventh Heaven, which made the whole thing that he did creepy. Uh, <laughs> but God, I don't even know. Yeah. We'll but that out. so he was actively reporting back to the yeah. two dudes that he wrote the letter to, and he's like, he's "Well, like, what, I, they had read that he bought a stamp." Yeah. And he's like, that's going to be worth a lot of money. He, says he doesn't even like, understand how the rules yeah, work. Yeah, he's like, not anymore. He, he mailed it to <laughs> us. <laughs> well, what made it shady is they told those those two lawyers or those two guys at the firm immediately that if he couldn't do this, that the money's going to go to them. I was like, what yeah. the fuck? Of course he's going to try to sabotage them if they are uh, the, the ability to do it. They're going to lose $300 million. But talk about a movie that went all the way down to the last fucking minute, dude. That last five minutes of this movie is some of the most exciting shit you've seen. And it's so sad when when all his friends think that he lost it and where John yeah. Candy's like, I squirreled some money away. I'm glad that his friends kept money because that way when he came back with his $300 million, uh, spoiler, he actually doesn't. They're not going to do this movie with him not being able to, to do it. I guess they could have done it. But you thought he wasn't going to get it till the very last No, minute. to the very last but end. What was, I'm trying to think. Oh, the quick scene that I really liked was um, he hired an investment. Yeah, banker yep. to help him. He's like a he, great guy. I love that guy. And John Candy was the money that he had paid John Candy. Yep. He paid John Candy like a million dollars to be his president. Yeah. So he was having the guy make Bruce's uh, make uh, John Candy more money. But he also made and but he made an investment for him. Yeah. And it hit. It was some weird obscure. They put ten thousand dollars into the or they put a, something yep. into the iceberg thing. Yep. And they made ten, $10 million dollars. Like after he had just reached. Spending ten million, $10 million. dollars, and he got it back. He's like he's a like, third of the way there. You make the guy ten million. John Candy's lines were great. He's like, Did you make the guy ten million dollars?" And he acts like this. He's like, ten million dollars." He just <laughs> yeah. kept wandering around the room screaming, ten million dollars." I love his eyes when those two, so when he, John Candy and the other guy are going, ten million, ten, 10 million, ten million dollars. <laughs> I still remember that. Oh, it's such a great movie. I may watch this later on today. But because uh, so he actually spent forty million dollars yep. or nothing to show for it. Man, it was such a great movie. Great movie. If you then at the very Bruce's- end, the shady guy that got in trouble hid $5,000 and told him in the elevator. Uh, it's like, hey, you're not broke. Yeah. He had five minutes left. You oh, have five minutes great. left. And yeah. I will, I'll leave. I'll leave that last alert. tag. But yeah. man, it's such a great totally movie. Totally worth it. You, you want to go into it, a movie where it's it's one of those movies that no one watching goes, ah, I didn't like it. What the fuck? Richard Pryor is great. He is so His good, His delivery and just with him freaking out. 
uh, Richard Pryor was one of those uh, great comedic actors like Robin Williams, where he could play like, I didn't super like funny the Superman that he was in, but he was good. I rewatched that recently, man, and I actually didn't mind it as much. I I thought that movie was I more shit like than it, it was. As much as you did, a- Eric but... was like, "Well, I I was scared of it was as a kid. That was the movie that Mom had to to. I start crying at the end of the movie, and Mom had to take me and Matt out of the theater." Because uh, when the woman turned into a robot, oh, it okay. freaked me out. Yeah, and yeah. now I found out online that it freaked a, a generation of people, of people really? out. Where There was a thread once where what was the thing that terrified you the most? And almost all of them was the image of her as the robot and the horse dying in the quicksand in NeverEnding Story. Apparently those two things fucked kids up more than well, anything. I could see the NeverEnding uh, Story one. Oh, the robot thing was creepy out of nowhere. It was like a horror movie thing. Mine was, was the, made mine like was the ferret falling into the fire. Yeah, I mean, that was that was a horrifying thing. For kids. <laughs> well, that wasn't really supposed to be for us. There was nudity in that movie. I think that was supposed to be... We watched it when we were like eight, when we probably should have watched it when we were 13, to be honest with you. It was one of those ones that went under the radar that yeah. they didn't catch the nudity on. No, 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 for sure. But uh, anyways, yeah, so I went back and rewatched it. Not only was uh, as an adult, as you're like, all right, this is kind of silly now, but I could see how I was kind of terrified terrified as a kid. You well, you know? didn't like the Jawas either. Uh, yeah, that was just because their eyes glowed in my uh, room on my poster. I wouldn't like that either. <laughs> but yeah, Richard Pryor, if you go back to his early stuff, like when he didn't have the mustache and he was he did that that great uh, Paul Schrader movie that I gave you when he worked at the factory with the mm-hmm. Koto and everything, yeah, yeah. he was complete traumatic actor. No comedy whatsoever. And then he started doing those family... Hear no evil, see bus- no evil. Well, that was, that was way later. Yeah, he was yeah. close to having bad Parkinson's at that point. But then he did like... Some kid family movies like that Bust and Lose where he's driving the bus with the kids on it and everything. And then he did The Toy, which was still a kid's movie. But then he gradually kind of elevated himself to different types of movies, man. I loved it. All right. My next movie. And since we're still, I'll end with the uh, the newer one. So I'm going to stay on theme and I'm going to talk another Carl Weathers movies. Uh, Carl Weathers movie. Not Predator, because I think Predator, I love him in Predator, and we've, uh, I, mean, I feel not, like we've talked about that a lot. He's not the main character. Uh, he's not. Well, he's not the main character in this movie, too, but he is a major character, and I, I love the shift he makes, and I'm going to talk Rocky Three specifically. Because when I think Apollo Creed, I think those two guys getting along and having a great time and being friends, and it, which is weird, because in the first two, those two hated each other. They fucking hated each other in one. Number one. Did Apo- Carl Weathers really hate? Rocky though, uh, did it or is Carl, it just, oh you mean Apollo Creed Apollo hate Creed Rocky? Really hate Rocky? Uh, well, I think he dismissed him in the first one. He dismissed him completely, but he embarrassed the shit out of him at the end of the first one by by being uh, having to be a draw and Carl Weathers winning and just putting up the fight that he put up. He shouldn't have went the rounds he did. He if ignored it's a draw, him. The champ keeps it. Right? He, he kept it. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was. It came down. I think it was like a. No, it was I a think, decision. It wasn't a draw. It was like even a two, it, to, two to but one. But I think you can be a draw, and then the champion keeps it. Yeah. If there is a draw. Maybe. I don't even know those. that would make that a lot more. But they both went to the hospital. <laughs> they both went to the hospital. That's why I like about two. Is, two picks right up, right? Uh, well, two picks up after three. I'm talking three, though, but I'm no, going to recap like two. two picks right up. It does. It picks right up in the hospital where he visits his... Uh, uh, Rocky actually wheels his wheelchair over to Apollo's uh, room and just said, did you give me your best? I just wanted to know if you gave me your best. And he just like nodded his head. And, uh, and then right after that, oh, it's going to be a rematch. And that's when Apollo's pissed. He's yeah. like, all right, this guy made me look like a fucking fool. I should have destroyed him and I didn't. And I'm, I'm going to be ready for it. Uh, Some of the best boxing footage. Two was great. Been. I love two. Two had a lot of good stuff in it, man. It had when Adri- Adrian went into a coma 
And uh, then she came out and she said, win. And then it just went into that music. And the whole last 25 minutes was the boxing. It was great boxing. And then uh, three, that was a great thing about the Rockies. They always started with the last one uh, left off. Specifically. What was the end, the very last scene in two? Two is when they were both not falling down at the same time. Remember, they both hit the each end other. End of two. End of two. They both hit each and other the, in the ring. And they, and they both stumbling they went to slow-mo. He got up before you. He got up before him, and that's when it started. And then it, it goes on from but there. But where was the where was the clip where them going ding, ding? That's the end of three. That's Begin, the end of three? Beginning, okay. beginning of four. Okay, okay. Yeah, so they always did that, uh, the beginning of the end. But there was definitely a time uh, jump. Uh, because if you look at Stallone from two to three, holy crap. Three was probably the best physical shape you've ever seen Stallone He was on in. steroids. He, he had to He was. Been. He was on steroids. He probably even talks about it. Yeah, right? he probably does. And now he's on, he's not on anything, but uh, he trans, most of those guys transition to the more healthy. Do you see that report? Do you see that report the other day where it said um, they've linked Alzheimer's to eight, uh, human growth Ooh. hormones when you were, if you were a preemie or if you were. Taking HGH yeah. recreationally to bulk up. Oh boy, causes also because it causes that plaque in your yeah. brain. Well, there's a lot of people out so. there. That's why a lot of my wrestler, by my yeah. wrestling guys, are not making it. And Hulk ain't looking good either, man. It's the first time I've seen Hulk Hogan not look good. He's walking around with a cane now. Uh, I mean, he's a fucking Put millionaire. His body through a lot. Though. Huh? That's right. I mean, he's watched all his friends die. Literally, Hulk Hogan has watched. I heard a thing the other day that said his opponents in the first six WrestleManias are all dead. All the people, Apollo Orndorff, King Kong Bundy, fucking uh, Andre the Giant. Uh, you go down the list, they were all... Those big guys don't live as long uh, as... Well, that. Andre for sure. And Bundy like, too. Bundy was pretty big. But anyways, and I think Rocky Three happened really close to uh, to Rambo, First Blood Part Two. His body looked very close to the same. But I love... This was be- one of my favorite ones. Ah, we watched this in the theater. I remember watching it in the theater, and we watched it all the time at home at HBO. It was just the fun one, because you got to see him... I love, he was going to, it had Clubber Lang, so Apollo was not the enemy in this. Apollo was his friend, but Apollo didn't come in until about halfway in the movie. So what we're seeing at the beginning is we're seeing Rocky just kicking ass and spending money and have a great time. Well, here's, let me say this real quick because it's a lot, a lot of context. So I think this story pulls a lot from the story of Joe Lewis fighting that Max Schreer. Okay. Where Joe Lewis... Max, he was knocking people, German guy, knocking yeah. people out. And Joe Lewis was like, I want to party and yeah. have yeah. sex with girls I, I, and I go golfing. And so they showed him golfing. He was on a drunk history. And they sh- showed him just partying up. And he went to fight him and he got his lit up, yeah. knocked out the first time in his entire career because he didn't take him seriously. Oh, yeah, I man. think that that was Creed's problem in number two, right? Yeah, uh, Creed's problem number one. Number one, yeah, and then Rocky's problem now in number two. Number three, or three, <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. And Mickey because- was still in three. Ricky, Mickey actually died. I, I'll be honest with you. When I rewatch this movie, I usually fast forward the Mickey death scene. Yeah, not because it really makes me sad or bothers me. It just brings the whole movie down for about like. 15 minutes yeah. you have he did to, a great job he did a great the job the scene was great the great scene was great but then you got the funeral and everything it just brings the whole movie down so when I'm watching it for fun I usually will just fast forward that scene but I, I love the opening where they're seeing the collage of him going through fights but you yeah. see Clubber Lang in the in the in audience the, watching yeah. the whole thing yeah. and uh, the most disrespectful 
call, oh. call out in the history. Yep, and that's the scene I was going to say. When he's he's getting that statue, the statue where they will not let him remove it's still it. still there. It, yeah, they won't let him remove it. They tried to remove it, and people lost their fucking shit. They were like, you are not removing the Rocky fucking statue Fuck from Philadelphia. No, uh, the, have you seen the new Subway commercial where uh, where Drago where where, yeah, 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 where he's yeah, yeah. walking up the steps yeah. and he's eating the sandwich on the steps? Yeah. I thought that and was people hilarious. were screaming at him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he was. I don't think he was oblivious or he was just playing it no, off they, one or the other. Yeah, it was really funny. Uh, but uh, so yeah, when he's he's at the statue unveiling. And it's Adrian's there. Mickey's there. He's got his fur great. coat on. He's got like his fur coat. Rocky Adrian's does. got her white fur coat. And then Clubber Lang takes this as a opportunity in front of the media to confront him and saying, you're nothing. You're, you're, you're beating he a bunch been trying of, to schedule a uh, fight with him? And he, yeah, he yeah. kept blowing him off. He says, don't blow me off. I'm your next guy. You got to fight me. This and that. And I could see people doing this type yeah, of thing today. Yeah. But he, he looked if up you know at Adrian and he ch- was like, hey, you want to be with a real man? You come with me. I'll show you what it is to be with a real man. And at he's Rocky's, like licking his lips while he's doing uh, it. And keep in context, at this point in time in, in our lives, yeah. we were huge A-Team fans. Oh, yeah. A-Team was... This th- was it was weird seeing <laughs> seeing Mr. T as a bad guy. It was like the only time you ever saw Mr. T as a bad comedian. guy. a great comedian. Jim Jeffries does... You should look it up. Yeah. The, his A-Team one. He's like, if you can find them, maybe they can help. They're driving a car with the word A-Team across. It's a big black man with a stripe. <laughs> There's a six-foot-tall black man with a mohawk with gold chains around his neck <laughs> that are supposedly hiding from military uh, police. Did you ever see the uh, the movie? I held I off. I held off seeing the movie for so long. It can't be bad. Eric said, dude, watch the movie. And I was like, shit, is it good? I said, I assumed it was bad. And he's like, no, it's actually real good. And I watched the movie, and I was like, it's it, the... The action is over the top, but it was actually really good. Nobody ever got shot except one time. Do you remember the one time uh, he got shot? Uh, no, I can't remember. B.A. got shot. Interesting. And the only person that had the blood to give him a oh, transfusion that's right, was, Murdoch. was Murdoch. And he's, they had him next to each yeah. other in the stretch. He's you like, put that fool's blood in yeah. my... He's like, can't you feel the crazy running all through you? <laughs> Uh, so, anyways, yeah, he was a complete opposite as Clubber Lang. He was he was threatening. Everyone was scared to death of him. So well, he was. So they were ready for the He match. was destroying people. They showed some of his lead up fights. So Mickey's heart was giving him a problem. They showed it several times in the opening of the movie where he was he had spells where he had to sit down and everything. I mean, he was only 111. And, uh, at the very beginning, when they were about to walk out to the match, he like he. He kind of did like that bully move. Uh, Clubber Lang did like that bully move towards uh, Mickey and, and said oh, yeah. something to him. And Mickey fell back and got pushed over. And he, he did that heart thing again. And he wasn't going to go out to do the match. And Rocky said, we're going to cancel. He said, don't you cancel this match. You go out there and you fight. And uh, you'll have Polly there on your side and all these other in that. Uh, um, for he, didn't have, uh, he didn't have that black bald guy yeah, yet. Yeah. He was still with. Because this was before Creed entered the movie. And then that's where he got he lost bad to Clubber Lang. And because he had the whole Mickey thing on his mind and he wasn't prepared for this whole thing. And uh, uh, then he goes back and he has that thing where he's sitting over the body and he's crying his eyes out. They go to the funeral. And that's when shit has to change. So he's got to go and he's got to find his old adversary, uh, Apollo Creed, man. It's one of my favorite lines. It's what I named this episode. There Who's is, no, there is no tomorrow, Who man. I love that line. In great shape. Still. Oh, both those two dudes, if you want to see the best Carl Weathers uh, body ever was the or the best Stallone oh. ever was, yeah, watch them. <laughs> that weird homoerotic, homoerotic jump, beach jumping scene. They're jumping in the surf together. After but, the man, I love them going to Philly and going inside that old, uh, like, real-life kind of um, boxing club uh, and 
we had to meet Creed, and he he can't do it. You can tell that he's like one step back, and he's screaming, "There is no tomorrow, Rock." He says, "We'll do it tomorrow." There is no tomorrow, and it echoes in his head. And then he finally kind of understands when he's on the beach what he needs to do, and then he starts hardcore training, man. And that, that last fucking twenty five minutes that was always a great thing about Rocky is you knew the last twenty minutes or so you were going to get some of the greatest boxing kind of choreographed boxing, and it was just it it left you feeling the training good, man. Is I love so- it. Great. So I play a high level of golf. I almost don't give a shit about playing golf. Yeah. It's all that training. Yeah. I mean, I know the training's useless unless you oh, don't yeah, go yeah. out there, but watching that training stuff with them preparing, because that's the hardest part about oh, yeah, boxing. Yeah. You have to put yourself in a position technique-wise and strength-wise mm-hmm. to stand and beat another man half to death, yeah. and uh, you don't get there without sitting God, man, had one of the, the best fucking endings leading into the credits too like you said when they were just gonna hey let's just do a sparring there's nobody here just for us to see who the real champion was and and us as a viewer never realized never found out who actually won that fight too i know that's uh, one of the things that justin hates the most he would have loved it was the greatest freeze frame of my childhood i was like yelling at the screen they're dancing around they punch each other's hands and it goes right in the eye of the tiger right after that you hear well they they both remember they both threw rights and lefts at each other and then it froze and then it goes before it hit and then it went right in the eye of tiger oh so that, good which was the greatest i mean they still play that theme song i love like, that song i remember when you got it on record when you got it on yeah. lp and we me and matt hanging in your room just playing that and the uh take me back men at work we do play men at work take me back yeah culture club culture club what was this police the police synchronicity album you got i remember all those lps you got on that big benatar that sound system was so great i mean it was they bought it for my birthday yeah it was four hundred dollars. Yeah, in nineteen eighty. You remember when you got the synchronicity one, and Uncle Jack was there, and Uncle Jack spotted the nude oh, girl the nude on the girl cover. Uncle Jack was out. the. He was like, "There's a nude girl on the cover." It was half a nude thing. girl. It was they like had, half. You guys see cut, one, like, like one split. boob. You saw. Well, the other boob was on the back, back side. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, so if you wanted to see them both, you had to like twist it really quick. You go quick. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I love Rocky Three, man. I love all the Rockies. I, but I doesn't love, in Rocky Four, he kind of gets. Rich and lazy again. Uh, That's the one with the Ferrari, right? Yeah, he. Well, Rock didn't get as lazy as Creed got. Creed got real lazy because Creed. Uh, remember, Creed was in his pool and everything, and he oh, saw the Russian right. was beating people and everything. He says, "I'm going to go in there." And he comes in with James Brown playing and everything, and he comes out there uh, living in America. <laughs> the most embarrassing, and not then, like over the top. It's weird that uh, Apollo. I, I love the, the the character of Apollo, man. That's why I thought it was brilliant when they decided to do the offshoot about Apollo's son, because Apollo should have had his own offshoot back in the eighties. They could have totally uh, gone on and showed Apollo in different ways. Nowadays. What's that? I guess chickens are slow. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, I I <laughs> love all the way through Creed one. I thought Creed two sucked. And that Tommy Moore gun one was I pretty liked, good. It was good, it. man. It was Even the one that Rocky fight. Balboa was good. Yeah, that, that was, was the one too. where uh, where Adrian died, and he's just living back in Philly, and it, it was really touching, and uh, it was it was a good movie, I thought, uh, and I loved the first Creed. The first Creed was great. The second Creed pff, was not I, good, I and the third one was not good. So that I hear that uh, Michael B. Jordan wants to Michael B. Jordan directed the third one, and he did a good job directing, and it just wasn't that great of a movie. Uh, I hear there's going to be that he wants to do a fourth one, but who knows? But all right, why don't you lead us to your Number three. I'm going to build some suspense here Uh-oh. because I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. You got lists. I'm kidding. 
I'm going to say I love this movie, but you have to understand, like, when I say the name of the movie, you're going to be like, oh, you love that movie. Oh, Happiness is your favorite movie. Huh? <laughs> of all time? Of all time? Really? <laughs> this no. is on your top? Top 50? Uh, inside my top 50, for Ooh, sure. Okay. I'll watch it once a year. Let's do it. When what do you do got? Mississippi Burning. Yeah, I can see why people would say that. But <laughs> I'd love to talk movie. about the clan. I do I do love this movie. And shout out to the great Gene Hackman who just turned 94 last this earlier this week and still kicking and doing his thing wherever the fuck I think he's I mean, in the Bahamas. When you talk about true detectives, this is a this oh, could yeah. be a true yeah. detective. This was early. This was a role that you don't ever get to see William Defoe play again. You know? It, um yeah. Uh, um what's his name? Hackman. Hackman, he took a lot of Popeye Doyle sort of into this role. He did. Role. Hackman's played this character's before. Uh, uh, this is the first time you've seen. And since. And for the first half of this movie, Willem Dafoe was pretty straight-laced by the Willem book. Willem Dafoe was big at this time. People forget that he, this was around the time where he was doing Platoon. He did uh, The Last Temptation of Christ. And the, and what a shift from like last time. I'll play Jesus and then I'll play this uh, this a cop. up FBI agent. Uh, yeah. So if you don't know the story, if it's not based directly on a true story, yeah. it's certainly... It's tragic as shit. My, my next movie is tragic as shit, too. Like, most pods with me and Dave, we're not going to end on a happy note. We yeah. should have ended with... Uh, been been million. Million. <laughs> Go ahead. But it, it was about a segregated South, some uh, teenage kids from Chicago or went down. They were going to help get black voters registered. Mm-hmm. And so they came into this white town run by... Um, What's his name? Brad Dorf is in there. Brad Dorf, Francis McDormand is his wife. Yeah, Francis McDormand. She was nominated. Um, you would I, probably know the, the sheriff and the other guys. Yeah, the sheriff's very uh, a big guy. Yeah, what the hell was the sheriff? Let me pull up the The supporting cast was really good in this The movie. guy that twitches his eyes back and forth. He was oh, also yeah, an yep. identity. Yep. Did I ever tell you my story about yeah, him? Yeah, yeah. You've told us on the pod before about him. Getting mistaken for him. Oh, yeah. yeah. In, New Orleans, in a New Orleans bar, which I didn't know he was from New Orleans. But someone came up and was like, man, we really appreciate the movies you've been in. Can we get your autograph? And I was like... Arlie Emery is in the Arlie movie. Emery was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the big guy we know from the... Uh, the out- oh, he's the guy from the Ernest movies. Ernest he, Goes Camp? Yeah, er, no. Er, I think he, w- he was in Ernest Saves Christmas. He might have been in... Uh, uh, he, that, he was a comedic character for a long he time. Stephen Tobolowski yeah. was in this movie. Uh, Michael Rooker, the guy you were talking about is Pruitt Taylor Vince. A lot Michael of Michael Rooker was uh, great. Yeah, man. You knew who he like, had to play. Frankie Faison was great in this movie. All the bad guys in this movie, the cops, all yeah. the cops. They're all the guys you think would play the bad guys. But they they like had to use the N-word a lot. Like oh, yeah. they were had to be as racist as the clan. Yeah. That's it hard. Not have been an, to. That's not easy to do. It's not it must not have been an enjoyable set to be on. I, I can't imagine. imagine. But so, so what happens subject. is at the beginning they pull these kids over. They arrest them and then let them go. And by the time they arrested them and let them go, they had got like a mob together. Mm-hmm. And they followed them out of town. But before they got out of town, they pulled them over and they you heard like, you didn't see the crime. I think you heard it. Mm-hmm. Like you could hear gunshots going off and them laughing and joking about it. Yeah. And then they disappear. And then, so there's an investigation and... What's his name? Popeye Doyle. Yeah, yeah. Hackman. <laughs> Hackman. I can't, I can't remember Hackman's, Hackman's name. name. Hackman and Defoe come down. They're the FBI agents, mm-hmm. and 
the sheriff's department's like, oh, they probably, they're laughing, drinking beer up in Chicago, talking about how they put it over on some podunk people. Yeah. And they're like, no, they didn't check in. They're told by their handlers, this is dangerous work. You have to check in every six hours mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's been two days and they wouldn't do that to the organization that they worked for that helped register voters. And so they open up, like, then you start to get, then you find out that Hackman used to be a sheriff like in a small Mississippi town near them. Mm-hmm. So he was sort of using that like as his, I'm going to go talk to these guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and these guys hate the FBI more than probably anybody coming into their. Yeah. They don't want to be told what to do. <laughs> yeah. they, they were like, this is our way of life. To- Stephen Tobley. Uh, no, they were showing them no respect whatsoever for sure. Well, but- Steve, Stephen was like the head of the Ku Klux Klan there. Yeah. They never said that like out yeah. loud, but he was running. He was, he gave. Oh, he was running a rally. I mean, yeah. th- he was wearing robes, so <laughs> he was wearing robes. <laughs> so he didn't say I'm Grand Wizard, but you knew he was in the clan. Man, and uh, Dorf, man, Dorf had to play several shitty ass characters within one movie. You know, he 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 treated his wife like oh, shit, yeah, yeah. but he was also a racist and he was also a a bad cop, and he just was a complete scumbag through the whole thing. But he definitely, if if there was any uh, chance that he pissed his pants in one scene, it was the scene where Gene Hackman uh, met him in the the oh, barbershop, barber and he was he just, took over for the guy giving him a shave yeah. with a straight razor, and he's like, hold still, I haven't done this in a while. Yeah, Gene Hackman had been fed up at yeah. this point. That's well, where they he found the car. They lost it. Yeah, that they someone did an anonymous tip. Yeah. They found the car. Found the car. And at the same time, they're trying to get the black it was in community. The swamp, right? Yeah, they're yeah. trying to get the black community to talk. Yeah. And one of them says something, or he, I don't even think he says something. I think it was he, the kid, the son. It was the, the, the son from uh, Family Matters, and they chased his ass down yep. and and beat him up and put a rope around his neck and pretended they were going to hang him, and they didn't. And yep. they were like, "Keep your mouth shut." Yeah. And then they burned the church down. <laughs> lots of looting, lots of fucking, uh, in the middle of the night, Molotov cocktails going through fucking windows. But it, and so it had come to a head, and Gene Hackman grabs William Defoe and he's like, because William Defoe was mad at him for not following procedure. Yeah, he was a he's company, like, do company stooge, for sure. Or we're not going to catch these people. We have to do it my way or we're not going to catch them. Yeah. And then finally, William Defoe was like, Whatever we can Whatever do. Whatever we do. We do it your way, however we do it. Yeah. So the greatest scene of the whole thing is they snatch up the guy that was from Rats, uh, the boss, you know, the drill instructor. Oh, the, oh, yeah, Arlie Emery. They snatch him up. He's the mayor yeah. who's been defending everybody. And it's just one big character actor, black guy you, you probably know. Yeah. Sits him down in a room. Frankie Faison? Is that the no, Faison no, one? No, no. Because I know Faison was like the pastor. Okay. Um, but they were like, when I was growing up, they grabbed this kid for talking to a white woman and strung him up and cut his oh, balls that off. Oh, guy, that guy was great, man. That scene was intense. He had the corn hood, like yeah. a serial killer on when they first I always forget what that movie scene. that's from because I confuse it with another yeah. one. That's the one where he talks about cutting his testicles off. He has a off. coffee cup yeah. and he pulls out a knife and he's like, he's like, you're going to bleed a lot. And then like he's went over there and was like grabbed his nuts and was getting ready to cut. Mm-hmm. And he's like, looked at him one last time. He's like, you want to give me some names? <laughs> oh, so, God. That'll get you to do it. <laughs> That'll get you to do it. Got me swarming in my seat right now. <laughs> the ingenious thing that they did is they went and picked up the guy with the shifty eyes. Yeah. And they just drove him around town. Yep. <laughs> so that everybody could see them riding in the FBI's uh, police car. And then they let him go. Yeah. And then, like, they called this big meeting. And they all got to the meeting. And they're like, 
all right, who the fuck called this meeting? Yeah. And he's like, I thought you called it. He's like, you didn't call it? And then Stephen totally asked, he's like, we need to all get up right now yeah. and leave. And so they were taking pictures, so they knew everybody, and they yep. just started going after him one by one. Sneaky, man. Yeah, they had and to they do got, what they found had to someone. Do. Like, they were like, the, the shifty-eyed guy told them where the bodies were. Yep. And so... God, man. It was. It was an intense detective story along with... The sheriff got off. Substance. Uh, oh, he got off? Not Brad Dorf, but the big guy. Yeah, the big guy. Yeah. He, yeah. Wasn't, he wasn't at the murder scene, and he wasn't at the burial scene. Because at the end, it did one of those, like... Freeze frame, 25 years. Yeah. Freeze frame, 19 years. Freeze frame, 10 years. Freeze frame on the cop. It was like uh, acquitted. Damn. That's crazy, man, that any of them got acquitted at all because he yeah. was just as shady as the rest of them and knew everything about it, too. Yeah, it was a highlight for Gene Ackman's career, too. I mean, he had already always been a star. Since it's a the, tough subject. Yeah. But we did this as a country. Yeah. I remember people being pissed about it back in the day when it came out that, oh, man, this is a... It, and it was the same part uh, time, like uh, Last Temptation of Christ. I think people at this time were starting to get really angry at subjects matters yeah. that were being displayed in like films. Rosewood. I yeah. mean, Rosewood's Rosewood another one that went under the table. They were like, "All right, we'll release this movie in the theater for a week, and no one will see it." You know what I? Um, what was the place that Marie and I got married at? The yeah, the Thomas Center. Thomas Center. Yeah, they had a display there on Rosewood. One oh, time. did they? Yeah, like. All the articles. And we're close to Rosa. We're like, what, an hour away or something like that? Yeah, we're like an hour away. Yep. And people will know it. And that's a great movie, too. It's a tough subject, but a great movie with Ving Rhames that everyone should check out. And I think the people that were pissed off with Mississippi Burning were even more pissed off when it got all the Oscar nominations, too. Because now it's it's really highlighted that uh, people should uh, go and check this movie out. Well, that's a perfect segment to my movie because... You got racist uh, movies? Yes, I do have a racist movie against another group of people that is nominated for a shit ton of awards. And it will win several awards for sure. And this was a movie that I wanted to see in the theater, but I just couldn't uh, get behind the the runtime. I was like, that's the movie I'd I'd rather watch on my couch. And this is 2023's Killers of the Flower Moon. Okay. Martin Scorsese's. I'm not going to ruin anything. I'm going to talk about it. I know almost nothing about this. Yeah. And that's what's weird about it because I I would have been a lot more interesting. uh, And I think a lot of people would be more interested. I saw one trailer that didn't say much. I knew it was like Native American. None of the trailers say much, or, and it's it's great. This is a classic Scorsese movie. It's three hours and forty minutes long. I'm not sitting in a movie. Uh, you would absolutely love hours. it. I'll, I'll love the movie, but I'm not sitting in a theater. Your girl goes on vacation or something like that. Uh, you should be watching Oppenheimer and The Killers of the Flower Moon, and you're going to have one of the best fucking weekends you ever had. I mean, both those movies are fucking phenomenal. Uh, so, Killers of the Flower Moon, what we're dealing with here, and, oh, man, there's some shady people in this movie, too. And everyone is talking, we've heard... Uh, Lily Gladstone plays the Native American girl in this movie, and she's nominated. She'll win. Uh, she, she's very good in it, and the category that she's in with the other actresses, it's, it's kind of weak. Uh, so I think Lily Gladstone's going to take it away. Leo, for some reason, got snubbed, but the other acting goes to De Niro as the um, supporting actor, and it was one of the best. No one is talking about De Niro in this movie. This is one of the best De Niro performances you've ever seen in your goddamn life. And he would have won, but he's up against Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, and it's the best thing I've ever seen Robert Downey Jr. Uh, do in Oppenheimer is what he did there. You would never known that was Robert Downey Jr. It's the best acting he'll probably ever do, so he'll win that award guaranteed. It's it's unfortunate because De Niro probably would have won uh, even Easily, if if Downey Jr. wasn't in the category, but so what's actually happening here is at the very beginning of the movie, and that a lot of it is told Scorsese style uh, with these great uh, compilations. The very beginning of the movie, 
they show the Native American people, and uh, I can't remember the tribe. What the uh, the Osage is the name of the uh, the tribe of Indians that they're dealing with here. Well, oil struck on their land, and now the Native American love you. the Native American <laughs> people are filthy rich. And uh, if you actually lived on that land and you were... What year uh, was this supposed um, to be taking place This was around in? the 20s, 1920s, 1920. when this happened. Okay. So uh, automatically, overnight, the Native American people were filthy rich. And some of them lived like kings on the land where they had servants and, and they have this family money. And, uh, and there's several different families that do it. So what ends up happening is De Niro comes in as I'm friend of the Native American and I'm I'm with you people. He, not- uh, he is not in any way friends with the Native American. But what they're doing is the white men are coming in and marrying the into the Native American families. Okay. They're marrying the women play. and they're slaughtering the women. So now it's their money and they're slaughtering their family members. They're slaughtering their sisters and their brothers and their uh, this is mothers and fathers. This straight up Yeah, straight up gangster shit. Okay. They, they look like they're I friends. thought they were trying to hide it. No. Well, within the town, they all know about it. No one's saying anything. But all these Native Americans, are mis- they're trying to make it look like an accident. They were like, oh, <laughs> he, he died in an explosion or he died. He committed suicide. He, he was committed depressed. suicide. He was stabbed 19 times. <laughs> but... The, the Lily Gladstone plays the character. So so this is all happening before the, the kind of the start of the movie. They're going through the collage. They're showing the white men uh, move into the uh, to the Native Americans and kind of be like their, their pseudo friends. You've got all, all the family members living in one house with the one white dude that's in there. But then all of a sudden, all the people start dying. So... Uh, Leonardo Caprio comes in and uh, De Niro, no, De Niro's his uncle. He comes oh, in okay. and, he, and he's saying, hey, do you, do you like Native American girls? He says, yeah, I, I like all women. He, he says, he says, well, there's this girl we'd like you to meet and everything. And, uh, and uh, he ends up driving her around and they hit it off and everything. And it's the Lily Gladstone uh, girl. And, and they are actually generally in love for a, a, a certain amount of time. Uh, DiCaprio's a moron in this movie. He's not very smart. He's not a smart guy. And I, he can barely read, and De Niro's like, we're going to have to smarten you up. We're going to have to give you uh, some classes and stuff like this and everything. <laughs> I didn't think he was very smart but he was, in, uh, in that one movie when he was on the island. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, he was mentally ill, too. That they was had the, him play uh, the like, Shutter Island, yeah. Kind not, of out of control. Yeah. But with this movie, it's like De Niro is telling him do this, do that, and because he's his uncle, he's just doing it and doing that. So eventually, he's got him actually taking part in the murders and everything, or connected with, and it's happening within his own family. Like, he ends up marrying this woman. He generally loves her and everything, but she's got diabetes, and uh, they just came up with this thing called insulin. And uh, De Niro came to... uh, to uh, friggin' uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and says, this is insulin, you should give it to your wife every night, and there's only like three people in the country that are getting it, and we've got it for you and give it to him. And after a while, you're like, is this really insulin he's injecting her with? Because she's getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And the, we think, we're watching this, it's like, is, is Leonardo DiCaprio inadvertently slowly killing his fucking wife here? And uh, all, during yes. this, all during that time, her sister mysteriously is dying, her brother's mysteriously dying. And there's even one point in the movie where like... Uh, Do they start really... Where De Niro's like the Native Americans that they're being well, the Native Americans already know what's going on. They knew they're asking early. for help. They're okay. asking people need to come here. It's the they 1920s, need, and 
they think De Niro's on his side. And he's like, I've called people. I've made sure that the only thing that concerns me is you people. I love this tribe so much. And there's one point where De Niro... Don't believe him, yo. Where De Niro <laughs> is... Uh, it sounds like I'm talking about a lot, but it's a three and a half hour movie. It's so much going on in this movie. But at one point, uh, De Niro's like, man, all this death around here has got me concerned. You know, that, that, that money you have with your wife has to stay in the family. So I think you should sign this that says if anything happens to you, that the money will stay in the Don't family and everything. And, and uh, Lee and I was like, you, you want me to sign that? And then he's thinking about it and thinking about it. And like, man, this might be the one time where uh, that uh, DiCaprio thinks that uh, he yeah, might not that. be on the That's level. That's a death sentence. And then it gets really good where Plemons shows up. Plemons doesn't show up until like two hours in the movie. Jesse Plemons. Okay. He, he like knocks on the door and he's like, I've been uh, sent by the uh, the U.S. government to investigate the uh, uh, to investigate Ruh-roh. down here. And uh, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio is like, investigate what? All the murders and see who's doing it and everything. So now they actually got people there investigating it. And what they, what was working at the beginning of the movie is slowly falling apart through the whole movie, man. And then it actually goes through a trial towards the end there. And people are turning on each other. Like, Oh man, this is a fantastic film, man, that everyone should see. It, it's totally worth getting Apple TV plus is like $10 a month. And it's no commitment. Like you could literally sign up, watch killers of the flyer moon. Uh, you could sign up, and immediately they send you an email that says cancel, and you can cancel it, but you'll still get your period that you paid for for that 30, 30 days. So you literally pay 10 bucks, spend 30 days cruising on Apple TV Plus, and then canceling it. And that's exactly what I did. I've already canceled. But I've watched Kills of the Flower Moon. I've watched the entire Godzilla series, and I should watch that Pacific Band of Brothers series that's on that thing too, and then I'd get out. I'll get it again because that, uh, that it wasn't severance. That good. Uh, no, not Pacific. The the oh. new one they're doing. With oh, the, the new uh, one. Okay. Yeah, with uh, what's yeah, his name? Yeah, the Pacific one. Yeah, that's that's what happens when you don't cast unique actors. Yeah, I this didn't know new who, one. I think they. I didn't know they who did was who in that goddamn thing. Yeah, but this new one looks good, and they're eventually going to come back with Severance. I've heard Severance season two is coming. And I love that one with Adam Scott. That's the Ben Stiller directed one about uh, uh, you enter work and it blanks your memory, so you have no memory between your work self and oh, your real nice. self. And it gets complicated. It becomes like a, almost a time traveling kind of lost type series, and it's such a great, fantastic film series. I don't think anyone's seen, but Killers of the Flower Moon was fantastic. Watch it like I did. I stopped it like three times during it to just eat something or to uh, to do. You tell me uh, that's what you're telling. Me. Well, any anyone the viewers word, because viewers. obviously three hours and forty minutes is is like a fucking it's it's an adventure to go through. But you'll have a great afternoon with this movie, man. I I broke it up. People will have no problem binging 10 hours of TV, but there's a three-hour and 40-minute series they have a problem or yeah. movie they have a problem with. And it's weird to break well, it up like it's serious, you know? Play an hour of it. Stop it. Play an hour the next night. Stop it. I mean, do it like that if you have to. But this is a good movie that, thankfully, it's nominated for a bunch of awards that uh, it'll get noticed for it. So I think it's nominated for like 10 awards. But there's a lot of people that are like, What's it about? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the problem, too, is the trailer. The trailer tells you nothing what it's about. If the trailer said white people are trying to st- uh, to marry in on- into these Native Americans' uh, li- lives and steal their uh, their oil Nobody money knows. and their land from them, and that they can get behind because, like you said, this is some gangster shit. Yeah. This is basically a Scorsese gangster movie, but it's just told within a different kind of realm. Yeah. and. Uh, De Niro is just as bad as Jimmy Conway, but he just comes with more of a smile and an old man kind of reverend look, and uh, like, oh, I love the people. Beware of that <laughs> type guy. Thing. Way yeah. more than the other. Always got to be wary. The Jimmy Conway will tell you right off the bat he's a scumbag, and you can you can know it. But 
yeah, it, it it's great. Or like Max Katie, you know, it's it's great that De Niro still has it to play kind of scumbags and everything, but it's not like one of those surface scumbags. It's one of those under the surface scumbags. Like you said, it's almost even more dangerous. So I hopefully it comes to other streaming networks. If it only stays on Apple TV plus, fuck, no one's going to see this movie because yeah. no one's got Apple TV plus. It's not like a great network either. I mean, it's got that Ted Lasso on it, which I think is kind of a garbage show. Uh, I've never seen it. Yeah, I don't like Jason Sudeikis a whole lot, I, anyways. But, I like him, but yeah, not in this. He, he's like a goody two shoes. It's like a family friendly type show that I'm like, no, nah, I'm not in for that. Who's who's gonna die? Someone throw a pie or someone throw a gun uh, or a knife or something. That's what I want to see. There's too many good kind of like gritty kind of shows out there, like True Detective, that I'd watch way before I would watch that type of shit. I, I've kind of even soured on new sitcoms. Like we we were watching we were watching Young Sheldon and the Connors and all that and even now I'm telling my girl I said you could watch it I don't care for shit unless it's, I'll watch reruns of old school stuff like stuff in the 80s and 90s that I watched I'll I'll put that on for background noise but like we said when you first came up I've I'm down to just movies and good dramatic series that that's my kind of uh, kind of stuff dramatic sci-fi horror series or something like that but yeah and yeah you said you don't have blue, uh, no DVD player or Blu-ray at the house man. Hook that shit up. I don't watch hundred bucks. Very much. Yeah, you should watch them. When I do, I stream them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, streaming is how most people do them. I know. Shit, even my my guys at work that I work with overnight, man, they'll, they'll stream TVs and movies right there on the fucking like break room table to watch it. And I was like, man, I forget how many people watch shit on their phones. Like, can watch a whole fucking movie on their phone. Yeah. I'll watch a three four minute clipper on my phone clip, but on my phone, especially when you're. I guess I don't stay in hotels enough. I think maybe if you if you have your yeah, but you have your, your laptop, or your tablet. In. Yeah, I guess maybe. laptop or tablet would be different. Because I watch everything on my laptop. And is it's that fine. What it is? Yeah. 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 And you don't have any streaming services. Which ones do you? I have, have Netflix, Hulu, Peacock. Peacock's good. Peacock's uh, you got Peacock, not Paramount. Peacock. Peacock. For sports, but it has movies. Yeah. Peacock's know. great because it has the old school wrestling on there too. There's a movie on Peacock that's supposed to be phenomenal that's nominated for a couple of awards that I plan on watching in the next week called Saltburn. Yeah, you may want to about it. Yeah, I hear it's really, really good. The um, YouTube free movies with ads is okay too. Yeah, I still love Pluto and I love Tubi and there's enough of those Tubi. streaming ones. Tubi's good. I'm still trying to convince my wife to for us to cancel that Fubu uh, live. It's hundred nine dollars a month, yeah, it's and it's got crazy. garbage. We watch we watched Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, and the news on it. I was like, we're paying. We had it. To watch college football yep. for like a month when her dad stayed, and that's it. Yep. I said, we're paying basically $1,300 a year so we can watch two shows in the news that I already know by the time we turn it on because I have Twitter and I have other social networks that keep me updated on the news. So one of these days, I'm going to beat her down. Because, what? Whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa. He, he didn't mean it like that. No, not literally. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Uh, <laughs> all right. So that's going to be our uh, wild card this week. That. We have got, yeah, hey, she don't listen. <laughs> you mean she isn't tuned in every episode no, waiting no. for it to drop? The money is under the floorboard, sweetie. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to tell you which one, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll be our wild card for this week. We got uh, me and Justin are going to do the next one, and we got three good, I've already got three movies set aside to do with him. So we're going to try to, like I said, we're going to try to get our uh, schedule where it's at least dropping every two weeks, uh, or maybe we can rack some up and everything because we're getting closer to our 300. Uh, but if you want to get a hold of us, you can uh, hit us up on Facebook. Facebook, uh, where me and Justin are, or you could uh, send us an email, films at gmail.com, or you could just leave a like or a comment on our two platforms, which are iTunes and SoundCloud, where you're listening to us. Uh, we'd greatly appreciate it. But until next week, see you. Bye. There is no tomorrow.
There is no tomorrow.